Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to TTM Cast One on One. This is our Wednesday show. It is August 30th. We are closing out the month of August. My name is Jeff Baker, and you're listening to TTM Cast One on One. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm joined by my friend and co host from Arlington, Texas. His name is Drew Pelto. He creates videos, he creates Twitter content. Check him out at DFW Graffer. Hi, Drew. Hello. <laughs> How's the, the video going so far? Good. I got one just posted up yesterday, actually. Totally I know, forgot I about seen, that. We're, we're talking about that. yeah, we're I talking about all the stuff yet. in the yeah, we're talking about all the stuff, you know, getting everything together. I'm like, yeah, I haven't really done anything this week, and I completely forgot. No, I got that done yesterday and uploaded it. But yeah, it is up on there. So uh youtube.com slash DFW Grapher. You can see what I got in the mail and uh yeah, any uh, in-person graphing I did over the last like two weeks or so. Very cool. Hey, I want to give a, a shout out to our friend Sal Barry at Puck Junk. He's uh, got a new newsletter. Have you been reading it? I haven't yet. I still need to sign up for it there. I did see that it has officially launched, though. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Right. If you like hockey, he has everything in there. So good job, Sal. Keep it up. Go to puckjunk.com. Sign up for his free newsletter. I think uh, am I, I think it's weekly. It's it's right. outstanding. It's a great newsletter, for especially for hockey guys. So I highly recommend it. Uh, that should be my TTM cast stamp of approval, but we're not we're not doing that today. Yeah, so I'll give a, I'll give a shout out to Sal. Yeah. Very good. So uh we've got Ryan Friedman from auctionreport.com. Ryan is the founder of Auction Report. I talked to Ryan uh, about I don't know 10 days ago maybe. So we reviewed um the national a little from an auction standpoint. We also talked about all the um big results the high prices that are being found in the in and our auction in the auction portion of our hobby and we just really talk about auctions so that is coming up it's really interesting is interesting article interesting article interesting story i'll get it right drew it's early in the morning <laughs> yeah yep. <laughs> just remember our friends at collects their marketplace is now open you can get a ten dollar coupon from collects you know all you have to do is just send us your collects name and your uh, email address and collects will send you a ten dollar coupon to use in their marketplace you can buy whatever you want any card you want multiple cards up to 10 bucks uh with the ten dollar coupon it's a pretty cool deal so if you want to get 10 bucks from collect all you have to do is just sign up for collects uh it is free and then get send us your collects name and your email address and collects will take care of the rest and you're going to send it to ETM cast at yahoo.com. Very good. We also have, uh, we're going to give away um, uh, seven or eight packs of uh, on it athlete uh, college uh, cards. The 14 card packs. There's some uh, autograph potential in there. So uh, they sent me out uh, a bunch of packs the other, I don't know, last week. And we're going to give those away on Saturday. So you still have time to enter. Uh, I probably have about 15 or 20 guys entering. So it's really, I bet it's a, you know, one in one in two, one in three chance that you're going to win. Right, we got a lot. We got a lot of packs, 
So if you want to win a, a pack of cards from Onnit Athlete, you can go to onnitathlete.com to check them out. And we're going to give those away on Saturday. We'll pick the winners uh, Friday night and we'll give those away on Saturday. All right, Drew? Cool. All right. Uh, I went to the Red Sox and Astros yesterday, and the Astros are a much better team. The Red Sox <laughs> are not making the playoffs. They are uh, a flawed team. Their bullpen is horrible. Their pitching is horrible. Um, it is just not. They're not a. They're not a good team. They're a fun team to watch, and I do like them. I like them as a team because they are resilient. But it's just you know you draw the line in the sand, and the Astros are one of those teams that are a lot better than they are. I mean, yeah. they, that's that's how the Astros have been for a few years now, like it or not. Basically, I mean, despite you know the uh, cheating scandal from a few years ago, they're still on top despite that. So yeah, and we had we had the Dodgers this weekend, and they are a much better team as well. And it's just the the there's not even if they do somehow sneak into the playoffs, and I think that they're four games out now. I don't think it's going to happen, but um, it is. You know, it was nice. The, it was a, it was a nice night at the park. It it was a little drizzly. It was kind of it was kind of. Uh, it was like a big fog that was settling in at Fenway Park. It was like we we, we were living in the moors and, and <laughs> with Heathcliff, you know, and weathering yep, yep. heights. But um, it was it was a fun night, and uh, we I got to see Bill Lee, the spaceman. Talked to him for a little while. He had his Savannah banana hat on, and he was nice. uh, he was in rare form. And when I went in there, there was really no one there, so we we talked for a, a couple minutes. I got a nice picture with him. He signed a ball for me across. He signs at Bill Lee Earth two thousand twenty three typical yep. right yep. he signed a couple pictures i'm gonna we'll, we'll give away a five by seven picture um maybe on saturday drew you're gonna do i think you have a, a couple things you want to give away as well right yeah i do got a couple things here that i can toss in so, there as well so i think on saturday you and i will give we'll do we'll give away i'll give away a ability picture and you'll give, give away an autograph something autographed and we'll uh we'll we'll have some more prizes for our listeners so we really appreciate all our listeners if you're new to the program welcome we do a show every wednesday and every saturday if you've been with us for a while we thank you um if you are interested we're always looking for uh, new people to come on the show to be uh, collector's corner so we have a collector's corner segment on saturday so if you want to uh be on we'd love to talk to you and you send it to us at ttmcast at yahoo.com there you go and if you haven't figured out drew gets a quarter every time we said we send he sends the email address so he try, tries to plug it as much as he can all right drew i'm gonna slow down slow all down right. slow down i feel like i'm running a, a million miles a minute here today yep. how was your start of the week it has been very quiet very slow uh nothing really in the mail i mean some stuff for you know going out and graphing so i got three games that i'm gonna be doing this weekend got friday saturday and sunday out in frisco we've got the uh Corpus Christi Hooks coming to town. That's Houston's double-A uh, team. They just brought their number one prospect up to double-A, so I'm okay. hoping I can run down to the card shop and find a card of him. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I play floorball tonight. That's about the only thing I've got going on right now. Um, I do uh, need to get all my stuff from August uh, photographed and sorted in and cataloged and all. I got this block of cards right here that's all oh, signed wow. that I got to Those are take all signed? All that. Yeah, these are all signed. This is what I've gotten all throughout the month of August, pretty much. Wow, so I need to... Lot. Yeah, so I need to put all that together and get it all put onto my uh, spreadsheet and into get it all photographed, sorted in. I try to do that about once a month, typically right at the end of the month. I'm going to start doing that. So, uh, yeah, I got to get caught up on that. Probably do that tomorrow because fortunately by tomorrow morning, I'll know, okay, do I have any TTMs coming in? No, great. I can go ahead and shoot all <laughs> these. If I have one, okay, fine. I'll wait till after that. But yeah, other than that, I got those three ball games ahead. And that really is about all that's on the uh, horizon, all that's taken place this week. So, uh, yeah, yeah hopefully I've got one, some, uh, one important thing though. You did the back of your your business card. Here. Yes, the I did. I uh, yeah, Looks I created. I, 
Thanks. Yeah, I did the uh, 8889 Tops hockey design. I used the photo of myself in my floorball gear for the photo of it there. And got that done kind of late last week. I'm like, you know what? I might as well do the uh, backside there as well. Use that as my business card for uh, whenever the next national I go to is. Print off a bunch of those, take them with me. So I've got all that designed, ready to go. Just got to send it off to be printed at some point, which I'll I'll get to that eventually there. So, yeah. It looks great. All right, bud. So I think we're, we got all our housekeeping in order, right? Yep, yep. Batting, batting leadoff. Batting leadoff. It is Hobby Happening. Let's get the show started. Leading off, we look at hobby happenings. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Kind of a, a busy week in the hobby so far. A lot of new releases. I don't know if you saw this. Brian Gray has resigned uh, from Leaf. He's been president there for 30 years, right? Yeah, that's a surprise. I mean, he yeah, well, he's been at Leaf for like probably about 10 or 15, but he's been in the card industry and hobby for 30 plus. I mean, he was at ProSet back in the early 90s. Yep. And he's the guy that resurrected the Parkhurst brand. that used to be, you know, back around in the 50s and 60s, disappeared for a while. He's the one who was able to bring that back and secure the rights to it. Did so much with hockey with the in the game brand and all of its uh, different products. He did that enforcers product back around like 2010 to 2013, somewhere in that area that I absolutely loved. So yeah, true hobby innovator and uh, good on him for, you know, being able to retire and all that. And hopefully he doesn't go too far from the hobby. Yeah. Well, Kevin O'Neill, who was former director of hobby sales at tops is take, taking over. So uh, maybe we'll get Kevin on the show. We'll see. We'll see what, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let the dust clear, so to speak, right? And then we'll see if we can right. get Kevin on the show. So congratulations to Brian and congratulations to Kevin. Um, we got some auction news to report. Yeah, we do. Uh, you know, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, original photographs have been really taking off lately. And we've got another one, a Jordan, Michael Jordan first game photo, $175,000 golden auctions sold that one via, they were able to broker a private sale on that one as opposed to an auction, but Big money in some of these uh, some of these photos there. So if you've got some old photos, check them out. See if you got something from a historical moment. You never know. Yep. And how about the? How'd you like to have this one? Right, Roberto Clemente, nineteen sixty four Batting Champion Silver Bat Award wow. went for three hundred thousand dollars in C uh, SCP auction. Um, you know what's neat is you forget that they all these all these uh, awards are just out there, right? And you know yeah. you don't know what happened to him you know you know like bill russell i know auctioned his off some of his stuff off i know brooks robinson auctioned some of his stuff off uh but you got these are you know they they issued all these awards for the last 100 years right over 100 years and they got to be out there so it's kind of cool it's kind of cool yeah i mean there's a once someone dies what happens to it? you know is their family take it over do they donate it to a museum there might be something just sitting in a closet somewhere you never know that some some family member might eventually go selling off someday. So yeah, I mean, they're out there and they're obviously bringing in big money. And Roberto Clooney is a guy that I've always thought deserves a lot more attention than he gets. So it's good to see, uh, good to see some recognition there. Hey, Drew, this is, and we love to see free tools. And this is something that um, I'm perplexed by in terms of determining centering, right? The centering of your card before you send it off to get graded. Well, there's a new online centering calculator. It's uh, edgegrading.com forward slash centering. Uh, so you can check that out, edge, 
grading.com forward slash centering. It's a new free online centering catalog uh, calculator. I haven't had a chance to check it out. I did I did jump on the website uh, yesterday just to make sure that the link worked, and it does. So uh, it, it's kind of cool that there's another tool out there, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, centering is one of those things that it's tough to get right if you're not sitting there with a ruler or something like that. So I'm guessing, I mean, based on what it sounds like, maybe you take a picture of the card and it'll kind of calculate it out for you. And that, I think it makes it a lot easier because, I mean, it's just so tough sometimes. Like, okay, well, where am I supposed to measure at to get the most accurate yeah. reading? Where am I supposed to, you know, how do how do I make sure that this is really good both side to side and top to bottom? And well, there you go. Sounds like we've got a really good one here. I'm so cockeyed. So this this will help me a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm very yeah. happy about that. Well, we have some grading numbers from our, our friends at Gemrate. Yeah, we're into the uh, third week, I believe, here of August, or I guess the final full week of the month here is how we'll best uh, put it there. But the 21st through the 27th, we've got a PSA coming in. All, all four companies, by the way, that we look at here are up this week. So really cool to see that. Right, PSA, two weeks in a row, right, Drew? Two weeks yes, in a row. Yes, exactly. PSA, a 26% increase, 329,300 cards that they have graded over that week. SGC seeing a 10% increase, 28,000 cards. Beckett is up 13% at 19,800. And the big winner, 36% increase here for CGC, moving to the number two slot in terms of number of cards graded as a whole here during the week. 34,600 cards for CGC. So nice to see out of them. Yeah, I think they're kind of settling in where, where yeah. they where I thought they'd be. I think they had a they had a bad uh like two months, right? They they were they they had a a, a kind of a, a tough two months in terms of grading numbers. But um, it's nice to see them settling in right around, I kind of think, where they should be, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a good number. It's about a tenth of what PSA is doing there. But, yeah, I mean, you mentioned tough couple months. Ago. I mean, that's going to happen when you have a company that's in transition like they were there since, I mean, they announced their name change and kind of merging everything before the national. Stuff's going to, you know, have to go on the back burner for a little bit to get all that done. And then once you get that rolling, look out. Here we are with the uh, 34,000 uh, card grading week. Yep, good for them. Hey, guys, we have some uh, new releases, uh, a lot of new releases this week. Uh, Drew, why don't you kick, uh, kick it off? How about a little Topps Cosmic Chrome Baseball? I think this is the one that's got kind of some uh, I space I, 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 I shake my on. head at this one. Like, yeah, why, I, why, why, why yeah. is this even out there? I guess yeah, I mean, kids, I don't know. Yeah, it's like I get it for like the holiday set that, you know, Topps does every year in the holiday products, but Cosmic Chrome is just like, ah, okay, I guess, sure. Somebody out there has got to like it, apparently, because this is not Yeah, I'm not buying a pack it. of co Cosmic Chrome, sorry. Yeah, this isn't the first time they've done it, but a 2023 Topps Cosmic Chrome Baseball is out. In a box, you're going to see four cards per pack, 20 packs per box. That's 80 cards total. Has a 200-card base set. A box is going to run you $399. Yeah, Drew and I will not be buying those. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm holding off on that, I think. Yeah. Now, this is another, this is one. This, I wish this was a little less pricey, but a 2022 Panini encased football. You get five, a five card pack, you get one encased autograph plus two memorabilia plus one parallel. Uh, they're going for $600. Now, hopefully, uh, you know, Panini has corrections right in their pricing. So as, as, as demand and supply kind of level off. And, you know, if that was $150 or $200, that might be something you want to jump at, right? Because it's kind of a lottery ticket. But 600 bucks is a lot for for uh, an encased autograph card. Yeah, it's I mean, it's a fun product and everything. But yeah, it's uh, getting on a break for it, possibly. That might be the best way to go. Yeah. How about some uh, soccer? Let's uh, look into some tops. 2022-23 UEFA Stadium Club Chrome has come out. You'll see uh, 10 packs per box, five cards per pack, 
$40 price tag on that. Not a bad price there at all. And includes four exclusive blue prism refractors in those. So 40 bucks, not bad there. All right, I'm going to brutalize this one. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kill it. Tops Chrome 2022-23 Bundesliga. Bundesliga, right? yeah. Bundesliga, which is German soccer. There's one auto per box. Uh, they're going for about $80 for, for a hobby box they uh, are getting released this week. Um, you know, I know it's on TV. You can follow mm -hmm. these guys, this league on TV. I, I flip by it every once in a while. Um, I haven't really gravitated towards it like when i see the australian rules football i sit mm -hmm. there and watch the game but i haven't yes i have i have they have bundesliga hasn't caught me caught my my uh passion yet but yeah, yeah i really don't watch i mean when it comes to soccer i definitely seem to watch the uh, brits most often or the english premier league most any world cup match i'll watch i mean it doesn't matter what the countries are men's women's i don't care i will watch it if it's on me too Wouldn't, yeah and uh, yeah, yeah, Bundesliga, das ist gut, but uh, <laughs> I, I haven't gotten into it that much. Although I will say I did just uh, buy for uh, to wear during floorball a uh, Bayern Munich goalie shirt. Nice. So that's a Bundesliga team right there. But uh, yeah, we had a chance to buy some uh, jerseys on uh, like half price. So it's like, all right, what goalie shirts do you have? You got that one? Okay, cool. Let's go with that one. So hopefully I have that soon for floorball at least. All right. Well, this, this one, this new release is right dear to your heart, right, Drew? Absolutely. This is a product that I did a lot of the work on. It's the 2023 Panini Prism College Football. You're going to see uh, 10 packs per box, four cards per pack, four autos per box as well. So a nice, uh, nice number right there. We don't have a price tag on that yet, but uh, you know, keep an eye on uh, PaniniAmerica.net and we'll let you know as soon as we have a price tag there as well. They usually go for a couple hundred bucks, right? Yeah, something like that. And I know it's because, uh, you know, Prism went through a gigantic price boom there for a while. Then it's kind of dropped back a bit, especially on the college stuff. So if I had to guess, yeah, maybe about two to three hundred. Yeah, that's why I would think so too. We also have 2023 Donruss Elite football out. Uh, so there are a bunch of uh, Panini football that is getting released, and they are uh, they're selling it on their site. So you know they're selling it. I'm not sure what we're doing with all the retailers. I know I saw that that Walmart and Target were not going to sell their their cards, but I don't know if that was that ever happened. So um, we're going to talk to Rich Miller next week. He'll be he'll be on the show next Tuesday, so we'll talk uh, next Wednesday. So we're going to talk to him about all that's going on. But the 2023 Donruss Elite Football, you get 20 packs, five cards per pack, two autos, one memorabilia, and those are going for about $275. That's Donruss 2023 Elite Football. Uh, Jeff and I have always mentioned how much we like the Panini Mosaic stuff, and we've got I the love Panini. the Mosaic. That's yeah, my, just a really it's really my favorite, Drew. Uh, all yep. the Panini, I, I, I like the Mosaic the best. Yeah, well, we've got the basketball set for Mosaic coming out here for 2022-23. In there, you're going to see 15 cards per pack, 10 packs per box, so 150 cards out of a box right there. Out of those, you're going to see one autograph, 20 prisms, and 20 inserts. So a nice, uh, nice block of color going on in there with all those prisms in there. So $350 will be the price on a box there. Yeah, Panini does a really nice job on the Mosaic in terms of collation, in terms of, uh, you know, special cards and different colors in there. And uh, there always seems to be an autograph. I always seem to get an autograph when I buy a, a mosaic. And, uh, you know, maybe that now that retail has kind of shifted a little in terms of being available, we'll have some uh, mosaic available on the shelves. Because everyone, every time, anytime I find, see a mosaic on the shelf, I scoop it up. Yeah. Last year, I went uh, Bailey Zappi hunting, and this year doesn't doesn't do me any good all the money i spent on freaking bailey zappy cards drew yep yep <laughs> it's unbelievable can i go off on a tangent 
Go for it. Go is right it ahead. Is a lot. First of all, we're gonna we're gonna have a new segment for Drew. I think we should do Drew Saturday. <laughs> I think should, I think should be your 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 first installment of it. So I'm gonna. Nice. That's your homework. But uh, these I don't know what the Patriots are doing. I have no idea yeah. what they're doing. They I just saw. I was watching a local show last night, um, and they were talking about that five of there's only five players left from the 2022 draft on the Patriots wow. roster right now. Hmm. Isn't that unbelievable? One year I mean, and, they, and they only have five guys left. And they had to have had at least seven picks out of that, probably more than that once yeah, you think you're in trades and such. You know, so, Belichick, wow. he loads up on the sixth yeah. and seventh round pick, uh, mix, but I don't know. Wow. And, and then this year they drafted a freaking, they drafted a kicker in the fourth round. When mm-hmm. you, you look what the, the, the uh, Dallas Cowboys just traded a fourth round pick for Trey Lance. Yep. You know what I mean? In the what the Patriots do, they use their, their fourth round pick for a kicker. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. It's, I think we're gonna have a long year for for the Patriots. And I don't know if you, I, what do you, what's, what are you looking for for your Browns? Are your Browns gonna have a good year season? I think they're gonna be pretty decent. I will say, I, w- I do want to go on of what you were saying about the draft picks. There, it is just so weird to me how some of these draft picks work out because I mean, the Browns acquired wide receiver Amari Cooper a couple of years ago in exchange for a fifth round pick. They traded quarterback Josh Dobbs out to Arizona for a fifth round pick. How do you equiv- how do you make equivalent Josh Dobbs and Amari right. Cooper? You've got a you know second string quarterback who might actually end up starting out in Arizona there, but a guy who's a typically a second to third string quarterback, how is that equal to a top flight wide receiver? I will never understand how teams make some of these trades like that. But yeah, I mean the Patriots traded their sixth round pick, which they they like they they value these things like gold mm-hmm. to the Minnesota Vikings for a guy that's never played in the NFL, uh, who's a backup backup uh front uh, offensive lineman that wasn't making the Vikings team. It's a, I didn't I, I it must be me, Drew. I just don't understand yeah. it. Yeah. Well, Browns also just cut their kicker as well who they drafted in the fourth round last year. So I don't know what's going on there, but I think the Browns are going to look all right. I mean, looking through the through their schedule, when I was doing my last of my Facebook Browns five things, which I'm bringing back again this year. Oh, now, good. But uh, I used to I used to do this thing every week where after the Browns game, I'd go on this rant of five things that stuck out to me in the game, whether it's good, bad, or in between. But um, yeah, I mean, they uh, I I had them pegged at going nine and eight. Okay. And I think they're going to get off to a very hot start and completely just crap out once uh, November, December hit. It's the most brownsiest way of doing a season basically ever. <laughs> and I could absolutely see them doing that. I mean, this is this feels like uh, 2014 did to me when they started out like seven and two and then they finished eight and eight or something like that. Or they started like six and two and finished six and ten, something like that. It was whatever whatever they did that year. It's going to be, I think, similar to that, unfortunately. And I just. I think it's going to look really great for a while. I think uh, Watson is going to show that, yes, he still has it, but everything else I just feel like is going to end up falling apart once November gets here for some reason. It's just the I hope feeling Nick I Chubb get. And does I, hope well. I got Nick Chubb on my fantasy team, so I'm rooting for Nick. Chubb is, yeah, Chubb is always going to be solid. I mean, that's a guy who you can count on for at least 800 yards, usually over 1,000, and close to double digits in TDs. So I think he's going to have another strong season. I think Watson's going to look good. I just... I don't know. I just I just feel like something bad is going to happen after Halloween. I don't know. I know what's going on with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor last year yeah. was the first pick in the draft, fantasy draft by everyone. He was the best running back. He's been he's had three or four great years back to back. And all of a sudden he's like, 
I'm taking my ball and going home. I don't want to play anymore, right? Yeah, this is really weird. I mean, and it's not the first time that's happened. I mean, you look at a guy like Barry Sanders, who's, you know, better to burn out than to fade away. And he's like, all right, I won the MVP. Peace out. We'll see you and retires. So I know it just seems to be a thing among elite running backs there where they just retire at the top of their game. It's like more meat on the bone there, man. Come on. But yeah, I mean, I'm hoping we'll see, hoping we'll see Taylor back. I I know, you know, just back to collectibles. How do you invest in, in running backs? These guys are one, one, one year. They're the best thing since sliced bread. And the next year they can't even make a team. I, I, I don't understand it. It's, it's very frustrating. The simple answer is you don't. I mean, you look at, you look at, if you pick up a copy of just the Beckett price guide there and see who's selling for a lot and who's not, the quarterbacks are always the highest ones and the running backs, you can have the best running back in the league and their rookie cards are going to be, you know, easily affordable to the level of like a second or third tier quarterback kind of. It's like, it's just, yeah, I, but, I it's mean, bizarre. You look at, it's it's at not Mac an investment and, at all for sure. Mac Jones and Trey Lance and all these guys that two years ago were supposed to be, you know, everyone was invest in these guys left and right during the pandemic and now that they, they can't even make a team what what is the the feeling down in dallas with with uh trey lance so they do they have a care in the world that he's on the team yeah so far i haven't really heard anything from anybody about him it's a case of where it's like okay well great we've got a highly touted guy who can be the backup to dak but everybody is all in on dak prescott here so uh yeah I've, lance has barely been a blip on the radar is dak ready this between you and i is dak an a-hole I've never met him. I I really don't know. I've heard good things about him. I've heard bad things about no, him. But... He he comes across as just like I don't know. He does. He rubs me the wrong wrong way. But I like him. I like his talent. I think he's very yeah. talented. But I, I wish he would just shut up. Don't don't know. He was a mouth. he was a guy that I was wishing the Browns had taken when they had a chance to. I mean, this is a guy who went in what the fourth or fifth round or so. And going into the draft, I'm like that is going to be an intriguing prospect out of the middle rounds there if you can get a hold of him. And I'm thinking. Rounds would be nice. Guys, listen to me. Listen to me, please. And they didn't listen to me. And what's happened? He's a starter in Dallas and led them to a couple playoffs. Again, Drew, there's a fourth-round pick, Dak Prescott, right? Yeah. And the exactly. Patriots using their fourth-round pick on a kicker, a yep. freaking kicker. Yep. And how much better is he than Nick Folk, who they, they traded? Yeah. Right? Uh, kickers, unfortunately, like it or not, kickers are a dime a dozen. And I think the Browns are finding that out the hard way because now in the last five years – they have used a draft pick on the top kicker in college, and he has completely fallen apart in the NFL. So uh, yeah, it, it's yeah. weird. It's kind of like they, it's almost like a golfer, right? They just have they get to a point where the their swing gets all screwed up, and they, they you get in their head, and yep. you don't know if these kids have it. Even if they've been kicking for Alabama or LSU, you know they get in the pros, and then they just they, they turn to pudding. You know they're yeah. Jello out there yep. <laughs> when if they really have to hit a hit a kick, but. All right, that's we wrapped up uh, all the new releases, Drew. Let's talk. We got a couple shows coming up. Yes. The Philly show is coming up September 22nd to the 24th. Go to phillyshow.com. It's a, a great show. Cal Ripken, Scott Rowland, Dr. J, Alan Iverson, Pete Rose, Billy Wagner, uh, Jim Tomei, our friend Wally Jones is going to be there from uh, NBA fan fame. So uh, I wish I could go. It's the uh, Philly show, September 22nd to the 24th. Go to phillyshow.com uh, to learn about that. If you guys are... If you guys, you know what, we I love to hear. We'd love to hear from you guys if you're going to shows, if you're going to visit any of these shows, because we'd love to have people that can report on on our behalf. 
You know what I mean? If you go, if you go into one of any of these big shows, let us know. Cause we, we'd love to, we'll hire you. We'll hire you for the day for, uh, for giving a review of the show. Cause Drew and I can't travel to all these shows. And it, I, it really bothers me that we can't go to, you know, like go up to Toronto. You and I would like to go up to Toronto, oh, yeah. Toronto that show, the Philly show, uh, the, the Chantilly show. I always wanted to go to, there's a lot of shows that, that you just miss. The East Coast National, we just, you know, you just can't do it. You know, there's only so many show, things you can go. But so if you're going to any of these shows, let us know. And speaking of shows. Got the Naples show, of course. We've been talking about that heavily here for uh, ever since it was announced. We mentioned, you know, last year, it's uh, usually it's a basketball show. It has a lot of big name basketball players in it. Well, this year they decided, hey, let's try out a football one. And so March 25th, Naples, Florida. Thurman Thomas, Rocky Blyer, and Lawrence Taylor are all going to be there. Naples All-Star Events is the name of the company that runs it. NaplesAllStarEvents.com to find out more. All right, Drew. If, what would you get? What would you have these guys sign? Because I, I, I don't know. I'm going back. Like yeah. I got, you know, I have LT's rookie card signed. I already have Thurman Thomas's rookie card signed. I can get Robbie, Rocky Blyer's card for a couple bucks. But would you have him sign a helmet? Would you have him sign a jersey? Would, what would you have these guys sign? Mini helmets are pretty nice. I think Lawrence Taylor would look real nice on a mini helmet for sure. Get that, you know, the old Giants one with the big Giants text yeah. on the side there. That would look really good, I think, for his. Thurman Thomas, I'm going total homer pick here because I need him on my 91 Pro Set art card still. So that would be my pick right there. But mini helmet would look great there too. I mean, you know, the classic Bills red you, helmet there. You like the jerseys or no? I am not big on jerseys, but uh, mostly because, I mean, they take up space. There's no easy, good way to, to display them. display them, it's hard. But, I mean, if you have something that looks really cool, like, I mean, you get the typical Lawrence Taylor blue jersey with the white numbers. That's going to look great signed right across the five or across the six on there. Make sure you do it in black Sharpie if you do that, though. I have heard always do a jersey in black Sharpie because, for some reason, blue bleeds like crazy on jersey numbers, but black, not so much. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, those three guys, I mean, jerseys would be solid on them as well if you got the ability to uh, display them and store them and everything, but... Yeah, I mean, personally, I tend I tend to go for, you know, more photos and such, but uh, photos, mini helmets, cards, anything like that. Yeah, I might look to see if there's any um, as Sports Illustrated. I'm, there you go. Sports Illustrated look great for sign. All right, but thank you. That's the Naples All-Star Events.com show on the March 25th. Uh, guys, we have a, a really uh, informative, fun, informative interview coming up uh, with Ryan Friedman. Ryan Friedman is the co-founder, or I should co-founder, founder of auctionreport.com. We've had on, him on the show couple times I, I spoke to ryan right after the national and we just i i bumped him into him at the national and we talked and i said ryan ryan came back to me the following week and said hey I'd love to be on your show we haven't we haven't spoken in a little while but come on and we come on uh, come on anytime ryan i love talking to you so uh i spoke to ryan about the uh, reviewing the national we talked a little about what's going on with the the uh, high prices we realized and all these these uh, auctions and talked about some auction companies and basically what's going on in the space. So please enjoy my interview with Ryan Friedman, uh, founder of auctionreport.com. The Certified Collectibles Group is playing to win. CGC Trading Cards and CSG are combining into CGC Cards, solidifying its position as one of the world's largest and most prominent card grading services. With the merger, collectors get a number of upgrades, including the option to submit without a paid membership, a Gem Mint 10 grading scale, a sleek new label, a simplified submission process, and prices you are going to love. Grade all your cards with CGC Cards and visit cgccards.com today. 
This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. This segment is sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and cataloging your cards. Buy or sell cards on the marketplace. Turn the hobby into your side hustle today. All right, guys, we have a very special guest today. I'd like to welcome back to the show Ryan Friedman. I don't think, Ryan, I don't think you've been on in, for about a year, maybe. Ryan is from Auction Report. He, If you haven't heard of Auction Report, Auction Report is a great website, auctionreport.com. He started the website in 2005, and they cover over 50 auction companies, what's going on in the auction world. He has a great newsletter, fantastic newsletter that goes out a couple times a week, and thousands of people are receiving it. So if you go on the site, auctionreport.com, you can sign up for the free newsletter. And we're going to talk to Ryan about uh, kind of the national, what's happening in the auction world, and uh, just kind of touch base, because we cover the auction world on a weekly basis, but not as well as Ryan, not even close to as Ryan. So welcome to the program, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. And guys, make sure you follow Ryan on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's auctionreport.com. He has great social media stuff. So I just want to make sure that uh, you don't miss out. Uh, Ryan, we we just finished up the National in Chicago. And uh, oh my goodness, just from from a a collector's standpoint and and someone that's in the industry and and in the hobby, uh, it was, uh, I don't know, unbelievable. You know what I mean? The the sheer size and, and and breadth, and you know, I know you and I have been going to nationals for a while, and I just remember when it was just guys selling cards, and now you have companies from every type of uh, hobby, you know, how that touch the hobby, and there's all sorts of breaking, and it's just unbelievable how big the the national has grown. It, it is absolutely amazing. Again, thanks for having me on. Um, I've been going to every national uh, either I've attended since 1994. Um, and I've been uh, a dealer, uh, booth holder. This is was my 23rd or 24th national as a booth holder. And I must say this, this may be, may have been the best national that I've ever been to both as just being there and as a, you know, as a dealer booth holder as well. It was unbelievable. Like you said, I mean, you just take the quick peek back and the sheer size of the show, the traffic in the show, uh, the amount of material in the show, uh, every Every possible uh, corner of our industry was represented, whether it's the auction houses, card dealers, game-worn jerseys, original photographs, wax. I mean, you name it, everything was there. And, and it, was, it was just amazing just to see just how the growth uh, it continues to go uh, you know, when you attend the National. Well, you know what? Last year, Heritage Auctions owned the National, right? They had that great Mickey Mantle card. It was the, it was the buzz and talk of the show. This year... Um, I think they all tried to uh, one up themselves, right? All the all the auction companies were like, "Okay, Her- Heritage set the bar so high last year. Uh, what are we going to do to 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 better ourselves?" And and they all kind of came through. You know, all the big national, all the big auction companies were there, and they they uh, were showing really high end stuff. And, and uh, even like Pristine Auctions, who who w- was uh, tied with uh, signatures for soldiers, and they had auctions going on all all, all during the show. Um, we were auctioning stuff that was kind of in reach of everybody. There was. In fact, we had, I think, of the companies that we cover on Auction Report, I think almost 25 of them, about half, uh, had a presence at the National in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, most of them had, you know, they had the booths there. A few of them actually just attended, walked around, had meetings, you know, with potential consigners and stuff. But you're right. I mean, last year, obviously, anytime you have a T206 Wagner or a 
you know, a, P, a PSA nine uh, uh, or eight and a half, eight uh, tops uh, mantle rookie card. I know. How many people took a picture with that card, right? It's amazing. The lines. I remember, was it, it was last year was Heritage card. I think the year before that, if I remember correctly, is Robert Edward Auctions that had the Ticho six card. And there's just line after line after line of people, you know, trying to see the card. And that's that's what's amazing about the National in itself. I mean, these auction houses, is, I've repeated myself over and over again. I believe the auction houses, the auction industry is the heart of our entire industry. And you can't beat what these auction houses bring to the table when it comes to being able to see amazing pieces of collectibles. Again, whether it's the game worn or cards or memorabilia in general, I mean, they all did, whether it was Leland's or Huggins or REA or Heritage, I mean, go on and on. Um, they all had just golden, you know, their displays this year at the national were, again, I think they might've been the best there's ever been. Yeah, I agree. And we have uh, Cleveland next year. And um, they you know, they seem to try to outdo each other each year going forward. So, what do we have to look like uh, look for for Cleveland? Have you heard any rumblings or any any uh, rumors for for Cleveland that, that we have coming up for next year? Well, I think that the I think you know talking to the auction houses specifically, we'll just kind of keep with them. I mean, I think that they've you know seen the growth over the last few years. Uh, they all want to have a nice, good presence at the national. Um, I think everyone's booth locations, whether they're in the regular uh, table areas or they're in the corporate pavilions, they kind of understand the level that they need to step up to, uh, to have a good presence uh, for their business. And I think they all, they all are, they're all, if you, you know, again, if you've been able to attend the nationals going back the last few years and even further, you, you've seen how the presence of these auction houses has really expanded in, in what they're offering on site um, for their clientele that are coming to the national or people that they're, you know, that are looking for auction houses to potentially consign. Um, whether, you know, I think that they all have, you know, kind of gotten down their ability to take in the consignments, um, you know, should you be a person that wants to consign to one of the auction houses during the national time period, um, they, you know, they, they, they allow their existing clientele to make appointments ahead of time, which is really nice feature, because sometimes people, you know, so funny in times, the one thing that has never changed, people always kind of hesitant sometimes to send something through the mail, um, yeah. You know, so the, obviously the national brings a lot of people in person that usually don't have those opportunities to meet the auction companies. Um, so sometimes, you know, existing clientele love that opportunity to come out, see the auction houses they want to deal with, meet them face to face, bring their material with them. And, you know, the auction co uh, companies have made it nice and easy to to do that consignment transaction, you know, right there at the national. You know, they take the material. And I think the other thing that's really changed over the last few years is, you know, a lot of these auction houses also have special deals with the grading card companies or the authentication companies yep. for signatures. So, you know, consigners, again, uh, don't have to necessarily wait in the lines just to get their stuff authenticated before they can sign. They can actually go to the auction houses. And as part of the process, they have the ability not just to consign, but the auction house will take care of everything for them. They'll take care of the authenticity. They'll take care of the grading. And, you know, the fees and how they handle the fees, usually it's I tell people it's usually out of the back end, which again, it's another bonus. You don't have to be out of pocket any type of expense. And I think that's just the one great benefit of the national. You have this opportunity um, to really have a wide variety of auction houses that you can deal with. You kind of shop around, get to know them, uh, understand the whole process. So that's, uh, I'm really happy to see that the auction houses have grown with the national and the ever growing expansion of our industry. You know, I think I saw um, a social media post the other day that PSA took in like 12 1952 mantles that they graded at the National. Um, did, did, was there anything that came through through the Nat auction houses that was kind of interesting or different uh, that you might have heard, uh, you know, people submitting at the National? 
you know, I, specifically, I did honestly. I, it was it was a my my time was is crazy this year. Unfortunately, I didn't get to, a long time to really spend with them because I've learned as well is that you know these guys just don't have like the half hour to sit down and talk with you it's during half the hour. They don't have five minutes. They don't have five minutes. I literally took like the first day during setup and was able to say hello and have like two or three minutes with each of the auction houses that are on the auction report. Obviously, I like to say hello to them. Sit, you know, it's my one opportunity usually a year to see face to face those that are there. So unfortunately, I don't get as much time to really sit down and talk with them. Um, even, I mean, again, it was busy from dealer setup till the Sunday. It, it just never stopped. Um, but what I did hear, it, it, I thought was kind of interesting was, you know, again, from their perspective, you know, there's two things the auction houses really concentrate on during the national. It's either A, promoting an existing auction that is, you know, in progress or yep. about to be in progress, you know, give people the opportunity to touch, feel, see the items that are on display. As you mentioned, they were just amazing, amazing items at these booths this year. Uh, and the second thing is obviously taking in consignments, uh, which, you know, is another key part of their business. The interesting thing was the, the feedback I get was consignments in general were average to above average for this convention. And most of it was pre-set up. There's not a lot of people, I mean, I didn't say not a lot, but, you know, it's not as if thousands or tens of thousands of people are coming to the national wanting to consign and having no idea you know, who to consign with or what auction houses to talk to. There is a percentage of that. And actually a bunch of people came up to the auction report booth, you know, asking us for like, hey, I have something I want to consign. And we, you know, walk them through the process, ask them if they've, you know, researched any of the companies, if they'd like us to help them introduce them to anybody that they yeah. you know, wish to. You know, we, re we remain neutral in that process. So we're always asking them, have you reached out to anybody? You know, because that's, you know, we, we, we steer them towards they like. Uh, you know, uh, and if they're not sure, we give them the whole list of who's here and tell us where you'd like to go. Um, so, you know, I thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, again, consignments had a range I thought was at least average to above average. It wasn't bad, but some, you know, I mean, some of these companies that do sit up at other conventions throughout the year, throughout the United States, I mean, some said it was similar to some other conventions as well. But again, consignments is a little bit tricky to weigh, you know, how is it a great convention? Is it not a great convention? It kind of depends on each, you know, some of the auction houses, their focus could strictly be the current auction that's going on. That's what they wanted to do. Whereas a consignment deadline for certain auction houses, they time it. So the consignment deadline is literally the Monday after the national. So like, that's all they're geared towards get consignments, get consignments. And those companies obviously did a great job. Well, we have a new TV show, right? That is uh, focused on an auction company. We're talking about Ken Gold and, and his show. Um, first, have you had a chance to see the show? And second, um, do you think it's good for the hobby and uh, the auction space to have a uh, you, you know a, a focus on one company and, and create a you know a celebrity? Because Ken Golden is now known uh, not just in our hobby but across uh, you know. Uh, the sports world, I guess, and in the, the collecting world, right? Absolutely. I, I yes, I answer your question. Yes, I've seen the, I saw the first series. I know they're coming out with the second one. Um, uh, I think it's fantastic. I think any any auction house that were to be covered um, and do a documentary on, uh, I think is great for the hobby. You know, as they say, any news is good news, good or bad. Sometimes, <laughs> um, you know, sheds light on the auction business as a whole. It shows people some of the processes you know, they go in the behind the scenes kind of look to it. So yeah, I, I definitely think it's a great thing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, they can't do a documentary on every single auction house. I mean, that's just the one that's, unfortunately they can't, they have to choose somebody. Ken Golden definitely has the, uh, you know, flair for the TV or the dramatics, let's just say. Um, so yeah, I think it's good. I don't, I don't, you know, people will knit in today's world, people nitpick about everything. You can't please everybody. 
Um, you know, but I think overall, I would say that it's a, it's great to have national exposure on the auction industry and our hobby in general. You can't beat it. I agree. Well, speaking with Ryan Friedman, Ryan Friedman is owner and creator of Auction Report, auctionreport.com. And what they do is they focus on basically the auction industry and uh, the auction part of our hobby. They cover over 50 companies as well as they have a great free newsletter that comes out a couple times a week. Make sure you sign up for it. You, I've been getting it for four or five years now and I just love it. So make sure you sign up for it. Uh, we're talking to uh, Ryan about uh, the auction. What's been going on in the auction? We just talked about the uh, Ken Golden show and we also talked about the national, but now we're going to ask him about um, kind of what's been hot lately in really in, in, in the auction results in the auction world we've seen a lot of um, game used uniforms and, and gloves and that kind of stuff and uh, pictures have started realizing huge huge results uh, does that surprise you at all and uh, it kind of seems to go in cycles right of what's hot in the auction uh, in the hobby I think with the yeah I mean I no I'm not surprised I mean obviously I've been in this business a long time I'm more of a memorabilia uh, original photo person myself. So obviously yep. I follow that a little bit more specifically than I do the sports cards or graded cards in general. I mean, cards still drive the hobby. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's probably always will be, but you know, as they say, sometimes it's the, you know, things that people aren't following that tend to surprise people, you know, all of a sudden with great prices. Yeah. Original photos specifically. Um, I've, you know, just full disclosure, I've been a personal collector for over 12 years of original photos. So I'm extremely happy to see, uh, this market. Getting yeah, how about that? The Michael Jordan, the first game, that photo went for what? What point something million, right? Oh, the the original photo. Oh, one hundred. Yeah, it was like one hundred forty thousand dollars. One hundred forty thousand. Yeah, one point two million. That'd be even better. I mean, I, again, and I'm a collector. I've been collecting Jordan original photos myself for over twelve years. Um, I think it's one of the most underappreciated markets uh, that we have in our in our industry. And again, not just basketball original photos, but pretty much all original photos in general. I mean, I think it's a market that. It's kind of like an old school market that um, people are realizing it's it's that cross between because it's a cross between I always say between collecting baseball cards and memorabilia you know because it's like you you may, it's a bigger baseball card and a squished piece of memorabilia um, and yeah and almost like a ticket stub right it kind of gets exactly, the same almost like a ticket stub but even better uh, I think than a ticket stub is that each photo is really a one of a kind item uh, and I know people say how can that be you can shoot the camera and you see similar shots similar is still one of a kind each shot is technically. You know, if you go old school or even on your digital camera, each each click is its own shot. Um, I think that's what kind of drives, you know, has been driving some of the the value increases. Um, I think that people are realizing that it's, it's also can kind of like a piece of art. You can show someone the same original photo, 12 different people, the same original photo, and you'll get 12 different opinions. You'll get, you know, what people like. Some people like the action shots. Some people like close up. Some people like portrait shots. Some people collect you know, photos that were specifically used in the newspaper as opposed to the ones that weren't, you know, some people like, you know, the differences on the back of the photos, whether the cap, you know, captions or stampings that they have. And with PSA, you know, authenticating them now and encapsulating photos um, has just added to the, um, you know, to the, to the value of the pieces and to the overall excitement behind the, the prices you're seeing. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to see that, the auction houses have been dealing with original photos, primarily baseball, for like decades. I mean, baseball original photos have always been there. You see them come up in auctions. You usually see the headlines of a Babe Ruth. Right, uh, a, colon, a colon photo. or Yes, exactly, exactly. There's different different well-known names out there. Um, but now you're seeing the other sports and non-sport photos really start to take off. And, of course, anything with Michael Jordan's name, it's it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that those values are increasing. 
can you can you school us as collectors if we're out at a, a flea market or at a, a show what should we look for um what how do how do we know if it's an original photo as opposed to just a copy of a copy of a copy and um you know what what should we look for uh for the photo and what should we consider uh sending it in to psa to get um authenticated well, I would say, first off, go to PSA's website and look at their uh, photo authentication pages, because they do give you a nice description of how they classify photographs so that if you are out and about at a flea market or a card show or wherever, and you do come across some what you think are original photos, you can get a good explanation of kind of how PSA views them. There are some gray areas. Uh, again, there's, you know, type one is ten. The quick review is kind of, and, and again, don't quote me exactly on this, but type one is is by PSA is considered a photo printed directly from the negative, I believe within a two year period of time. Okay. Uh, a type two is a photo taken from the negative almost like five years plus or something like that. A type three is like a photo taken from a duplicate negative and it goes on and on and on. Um, so I tell people really do your, you know, there are websites that you can go to and go to PSA and kind of give a more detailed explanation. Cause there's things like stamps you can look for. Um, and sometimes I'm still learning. Like, don't get, I'm not, I'm not the overall expert that can just say, I look at this photo and go, oh, I know it's a type one or type two. Um, there are times, many times that I've looked at photos and I'm not sure. And it comes down to sometimes you just have to take the chance. Uh, you know, cause like, you know, when you walk around the national, for example, you know, you go from one booth and you go, oh, am I going to buy this piece? And you go, oh, I'll come back five minutes later, especially at this show. It's piece gone. Is gone. <laughs> uh, in fact, that happened at our booth amongst a few collectors that came by that wanted to buy some original uh, photos that we had on display. And they came back the next day and the piece was gone. Um, I didn't, you know, it was, it was, it was amazing uh, to see. So when it comes to buying, uh, being a collector of original photos, um, to answer, again, to answer the question is really go to the website like PSA, look at their descriptions, familiarize yourself. Honestly, go to the auction companies, look at past results of original photos that have sold and look at the stampings, look at how uh, the appearance of them. So that, that's a great way to learn and, and get comparisons, almost like print your samples out. Um, it sounds kind of old school, but if you get your own little examples of, you know, what a, a, a stamping of a certain photo looks like, you can use that as a reference when you have photos that aren't authenticated already, I think is a good way to, you know, help people uh, get into it. But it's exciting. Like I said, I love the fact that original photos, there's no price guide. Everything's one of one. There's a company that's, you know, that, that will authenticate them for you and encapsulate them for you as long as they fit in the holder. Um, I, I love that part about it. And, and again, I love the fact that a bunch of different people can look at the same photo and render totally different opinions about it and have totally different assumptions of what the the value of it should be. So. Yeah. And I think there's a, uh, there's a lot of profit to be had and I'm not a profit guy, so to speak, but um, because people don't know what they have a lot of times. Right. And especially if you go into, I, I'm a flea market guy and, and go to antique stores and I know I always see photos, but you know, they're out. There's no reason, as you said, there's no price guide. So you can get these photos for a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, and, and they might be worth a lot of money. You don't, you don't know. And and I think what you said is take the chance, right? If 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 there's a photo that speaks to you, buy it. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, again, I think that applies almost to anything. Because again, game worn jerseys could fall into that market. I mean, you find people that have jerseys that don't know what they are, but you kind of, you know, you you do learn. I mean, it's not like there's you know a hundred and thousand Michael Jordan game worn jerseys sitting around out there in the flea markets again when it comes to original photos most of the time you don't find like big huge you know um boxes of them somewhere at a flea market because again these photos came from 
the newspapers themselves, um, most of them got into the public through buying them from the newspapers back in the day. Right. Uh, you know, or well, you know, a lot of the newspapers are went out of business, and they were they they just sold off all whatever they had, and and you know somebody would come in and buy everything the newspaper had, and then some you know some um, person whoever was a flip it a consignment house or whatever would then go sell all that stuff to different. Yeah, there, people. there were people that came around and literally purchased the archives of newspapers over the yeah. years, and that's where a lot of the stuff came through. So again, I, I haven't really run into just like too many just surprises of like, Oh, here's a, here's a guy at a, at a car show that has a box of a thousand, you know, original photos. And most of the time too, is like people do know that do have that kind of quantity or you say someone has like a hundred just in a bin. Let's just say they're, they're well aware of kind of like they are original photos um, as well. So it's uh it's fun. Like I said, I think it's a great, I think it's a great field for people to really take a serious look at. We had um, a uh, purchase of a, a company, Huggins & Scott, was purchased by REA, correct, Ryan? That is I, correct, yes. I don't want to make, mix that up. Uh, we lost uh, Mr. Huggins, who passed away, and, and they, uh, they they sold the company, which is great to keep the, the name going. Um, do you see a lot of uh, consolidation coming in the, the auction world, kind of like we're seeing in, in some of the other parts of our hobby? Um, yeah, I mean, first off, you know, I was um... – Bill Huggins, dear friend of ours, as a boxer reporter, a huge supporter when I started, um, will be forever missed. Um, what a nice guy um, and a very positive person within our industry. Um, so I think Bill would be extremely happy that his legacy and his company uh, are in the hands of Robert Edward Auctions and you know, REA, Brian Dwyer, who's the, the CEO of that company, president and CEO of that company. I think it was a, a wise and smart um, acquisition uh, for both. Uh, for both companies. And I think, uh, I think it's a great fit. I think that, you know, they will, Robert Edward auctions will, you know, people known as REA, they will definitely kind of uh, take Huggins to the next level uh, by incorporating them into their own company. And we can already right, say they've been auction. kind of a, a, they've been a small to mid-size auction house. I would right? call it more of a mid-size plus company. I, I think the label they were small is yeah. a little, a little bit uh, not true anymore. They've grown a lot over the years. Um, but you know, they were more, I guess like, I'm just comparing them to like a golden or, uh, or were they doing Celebes or no, but they were doing multi-million dollar auctions still. And they had more of the mom and pop feel to them. And let's yeah. just put it that way, whether it was just from the dealings with them directly, the presentations of things. I mean, REA is obviously taking them to the next level of like more behind the scenes. We already saw their auction system was upgraded immediately. Um, you know, I think their marketing, their advertisement. Things like that, uh, they'll be able to really enhance. But I do believe the feel of what Huggins and Scott had will, will continue on. You know, just the type of material that they can take now that has, you know, the clientele that Huggins had appreciated. I think that will continue. Um, yeah, I think, and again, to, and to go back to your question about mergers in the auction world, uh, I do. I think that there are, um, th there will be and maybe are some opportunities for certain companies to be bought out. Um, I'm not sure exactly you know, who that may be right off the bat. Um, there are some companies that obviously are uh, some guys getting up in age. I'm sure some companies will be looking for exit strategies within the next 10 years, 15 years. Um, you know, a lot of these auction houses um, have been smaller uh, companies, you know, run by one or two or, you know, main people. Uh, so obviously you'd like to see your legacy. Uh, you know, if you want to retire, um, you know, these people would like to see their name and what they built over the years continue on. So I wouldn't be shocked 
uh, if you do see some more consolidation, I don't think there's going to be mass consolidation, uh, but there's definitely going to be some opportunity. You know, I would say over the next, my guess is over the next two to five years, you'll see a small amount of consolidation. And then post five years, you might see a little bit more as you know, time goes sure. on. And it's good. I mean, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to affect any, you know, consigners or bidders. I mean, I think if anything, it'll enhance things. It'll continue legacies. I don't think it's going to hurt the industry whatsoever. Well, I think in terms of, uh, I agree. I think in terms of, of consolidation, it's kind of the strong survive, right? So um, I, I think in all, sometimes it's good for, for the hobby and good for portions of the hobby. And, uh, I, you know, I was going to talk to you about um, technology because I think technology has really um, changed the way people conduct auctions, right? And, and bid on auctions in the last couple of years. And do you see technology uh, making more inroads and really AI, right? AI is the big, the big buzzword for, for 2023. Everyone's like, how's AI going to affect my, my, me, me and my, what I'm doing. Um, do you see technology making more inroads and making it easier and, uh, easier for people to have auctions and easier for people to, to bid on, on items in auctions? The quick answer is yes. I mean, and let's not forget technology is, uh, you know, hit us back in the late nineties, you know, the auction industry as a whole. I mean, I was, I've been doing the auctions, you know, I've, I've had my own auction house. I've been involved in the auction. Oh, business. I know. I mean, you remember the day when the only time you could do an auction, you had to go to the the, the, the auction house or, or wherever yeah, they were holding the auction to, you to do, do a live print. auction. Yeah. You did your print magazine, you know, you ran it out there, you took phone bids, you know, everything was on like giant whiteboards. I tell people and people would call you, you'd have to look at the whiteboard, see what it is, calculate the 10% increase. So, Remember, technology hit us in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s and, and obviously made things a lot easier uh, for the public to be able to not only, you know, everything just becomes more and more efficient. I think that's what it, uh, technology does. Efficiency, the back end of stuff really makes things a lot easier, makes things quicker. It allows, you know, both from the you know money to turn faster. I mean, that's kind of like the key thing we see in all parts, not just the auction industry. Um, but, you know, we see the fact that people can turn around their consignments faster. Now, because of technology, you have companies that offer their vaulting, their grading. You can take your item out of the vault, put it in an auction whenever you want. So um, all those things have, have made the auction business, I think, more appealing to more people. Um, I think that as, you know, as you mentioned, AI, which is, again, it's in its infancy. It's a buzzword. I think anything related to AI, as far as auctions are concerned, it's more back-end stuff that you might, you'll, you, the public probably won't see. Uh, there's things that AI can assist in the process of building the auctions up. I believe that'll, you know, that some of the auction houses are starting to explore. Um, but um, I also think technology is allowing new guys, uh, new people and new companies to get into the auction business. Uh, we've, we've had a few new companies join auction report, uh, younger individuals um, in their twenties now, you know, just like some of these older, you know, some of the companies that have been around 20, 25 years, they were in their early 20s when they started their auction houses. And it's nice to see that the technology and the auction systems and stuff that are available to the general public, you can start your own little auction company. Um, I'm a believer that I think over the next, and I've said this for a few years now, and it's starting to happen. I think that niche auctions, uh, people that want to run their own little auctions that are specifically yeah. focused on a certain genre, a certain collectible, um, certain time period, have a have a space within our industry to be you know quite successful and we're starting to see that so i'm i think that's one of the things that technology has allowed is um 
for more people to start their own auction company. Were you surprised that um, Fanatics came in and, and purchased PWCC? Was that, that something that was kind of on your radar? I mean, I was I was a little surprised, you know, just again, the timing of it, um, not necessarily surprised. Um, you know, I don't know all the details firsthand. I like most people. I've heard it secondhand. Um, but I think at the end, um, it's a good, you know, it, I think it's a good thing that it happened. Um, I think it'll help both companies uh, tremendously. I mean, Fanatics, um, I believe, bought them not necessarily for their auction business. Um, I think they... I think the auction business was is the cherry on the you know cherry on the cake, so to speak. Excuse me. Um, you think they bought it for the vault? I think they bought them for a variety of reasons. More focused on probably whether it was their vault, their clientele base, uh, their marketplace, um, their relationships that they already had. Um, Fanatics, you know, let's not forget Fanatics does have their own auctions as well. Uh, they've been doing them for a few years. They keep enhancing them, and they're getting deeper and deeper into the auction business and their models a little bit is, is kind of quite different than everybody's is that fanatic auctions specifically um, like they don't take consignments. They just have the material. Um, so they're focused on and, th and their clientele reach is, is in essence is bigger than anybody. Right. Um, Other than maybe eBay. They might even be bigger than eBay. For all <laughs> we know. I'm, not, I'm not sure what the numbers are, but um, um but, you know, when they bought PWCC, obviously now they have not just all the other parts of PWCC, but they obviously have their auction business as well that does take consignment. So it'll be interesting to see how those, you know, how they play out, how they, you know, are they going to continue to be kind of separate uh, types of auctions that they're going to conduct? Are they going to merge them into one? I don't I don't know the answer to that, um, but I think it was good. I mean, obviously, PWCC is a massive presence in our hobby. So I'm, I'm obviously happy that they're still around and, and obviously... Uh, on, on good foot moving forward with the purchase of Fanatics or Fanatics purchasing them. Is there an auction company out there that, um, you, you know, you feel is poised to go to the next level in 2024? Either they're doing something different or they're doing something right, or they brought in a new management team or, or is there, is there, is there a, 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 you know, if it was a song that was going up the charts, that was, that was poised for number one, is there, is there an auction company out there that we should be watching out for? Well, again, I like to be more Switzerland. They're all like my baby, so to speak. No, but I know, but you, you don't love you, one child more than the other. Just, Ryan, it's just you and I. No one else is listening to this. But. No, I, I think what you know what's amazing is again, I think, and again, I know this is a little repetitive. Our industry over the last three years, you know, from COVID, you know, till today, just the massive increase in overall, you know, scale, size, in interest, uh, all the auction houses. I don't know of any auction house that hasn't just just keeps growing. Um, I think that you're seeing uh, auction houses specifically are actually all trying to find more talent to hire, uh, to keep up with um, the demand that they have, you know, uh, of people calling them and wanting to do business with them. I mean, that's across the board. So you really can't, I can't say you can, I can single out anyone that's like doing something completely different. That's changing up the auction world. Um, I tell people this, the auction business is the second oldest business business in the history of man i mean it goes back to the roman days and stuff like this so it's not something that's new it just keeps getting enhanced and and used it's a sales tool it's really important that people understand that i mean the auction business the auction model it's a sales tool and it seems you know it's, it's in theory it's the best sales tool there is because it's like things are 
there, there's always someone that's in essence wants to buy what you just bought for one bid less than you. So it gives comfort to people. It's a public information. People know what it went for. People kind of know the percentages that people are making off of it, you know, from a consignment standpoint. So um, I don't think anyone out there has um, specifically, I mean, I, I'm not trying to avoid your question and name a company. Um, there's just some trends though. I do see like, obviously these vaulting services uh, that some of the auction houses are offering as, you know, as an additional service uh, seems to be a trend that is picking up um, amongst consigners, right? People do like the fact that they could, potentially send stuff into an auction house and it can kind of be authenticated for them. It could sit in their vault and at the press of a button, you can just say, Hey, I want to put my something, you know, I want to put my item X in a weekly, the weekly auction of the offer. I want to put my yeah. item X in their premier auction. That seems to be a, a big growing trend. Um, and I think we'll see more of that moving forward. Um, but overall, everybody's just expanding and it's great. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm biased, but the auction business is the heart and soul of this industry. If the auction business stays positive, grows, the entire industry keeps growing. Very cool. Brian Friedman, he is from Auction Report, auctionreport.com. It is a free, guys, free website. You just go on. There is so much auction news. It's like a, a going down the, the rabbit hole because you just get on there and you can be on there for hours. There's so much good stuff. Uh, make sure you check it out. He also has a free newsletter. It comes out a couple times a week. You can sign up for the free newsletter on the site you can get auction news you can get consignment news you get prices you get appraisals you get recent successes if you are considering uh submitting any of your items to an auction company you can reach out to ryan and he and he can direct you uh and give you a couple auction houses that meet uh, your needs of what you're trying to auction because there are companies that that handle you know i just saw the 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 sports illustrators right the guys auction off what two two thousand sports illustrated and they're all autographed and you know there's only one or two auction companies that can handle that type of auction so um it really you know you pick you don't pick your, an auction company just because of its name you, you can uh, uh, ryan can direct you to which auction company or companies might be the best for you follow ryan auction report on facebook on twitter on instagram on youtube uh, he is all over the place. If you want to email Ryan, if you have a question, his email is info at auctionreport.com. Info at auctionreport.com. Once again, it is auctionreport, auctionreport.com. Everything Ryan offers is free, and he has been doing it forever. He's been doing it since 2005, and there's not many people in this world, guys, that knows the auction business and the auction uh, industry as well as Ryan does it because he does it every day since 2005 and it is his life and he is a collector as well. So I, I, I'm going to promote Ryan because he doesn't want to promote himself. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate the kind. Actually, I want to tell you, Radio, one thing we're most proud of too is if you have consignments, not sure where to go to, you can go on our website and we have a button that says consign. sell. you fill out your name, your email, your phone number, you put a little description of what you have. And what we do is we get that email and we simply send it out to the auction houses that we cover. So you don't have to literally call 50 of them. Those that are interested, they'll reach out to you. We don't get anything out of it. It's just a service, a free service that we provide. And it's a win-win for everybody. So that's one of the things too. If you're like, excuse me, if you mention you're not sure what to do, you have items, not sure who to go with. The first step could be just go to our website, check it out and send us that info and we'll, we'll send it out for you. 
Right. And it can be scary. You know, you have you have a big collection that you, you've you've accumulated and uh, maybe you want to sell it before before um, you pass your your family doesn't have any interest in it. Well, auctions is one way to unload uh, a majority of your auctions. Now, there's, there are, you know, if you have a bunch of junk wax, you're not going to probably find too many auction houses that, that want to look, look at that. But you, you never, never quite know. You, you, you never, you never know. know. And on your point, you just said, I want to, you know, another interesting thing is not, you know, when you talk to an auction company, like you said, you, let's say you inherited some stuff or you're making, you know, plans, you know, long-term plans of what to do with your collections. You can talk to the auction houses. It's not like, you know, if you're not sure if you want to consign, they might be able to help you as well, just on helping you plan or give you some thoughts about what you can or, you know, should consider doing. And, you know, it doesn't have to be like you're consigning right away, but it's a great start to even just talk to them about, hey, I, you know, I have this massive collection. What are my options? What can your company do to help me? And uh, I think people got to remember that too. It doesn't have to be just you have to have something you want to consign today. It could be something you're considering six months from now, a year from now, or even, you know, years down the line. They're more than willing to talk with you. Right. And there's a lot of great guys in the auction industry. Derek Grady at Heritage, JP Cohen at Memory Lane. There's all sorts of great guys that are straight shooters. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a really uh, fun part of our industry. And it's really, you know, when you see all these big numbers that are that are in the newspaper and in, uh, in social media, 99 percent of them are realized from the auction. You know what I mean? So. Uh, you, you know, when you see something that goes for a, a million and a half dollars, that's usually from an auction, even even like a PWCC or, or eBay. Right. That, that's the you know, that's where the, the, the big money uh, realized right. sometimes. So the headline, the headlines are from prices realized with the auction. As like I said, most of the news that comes out, it's based off auction results. And let's and, and don't forget too. again, you don't have to have hundred thousand dollar pieces, ten thousand dollar pieces. Right. Ninety percent of the items that sell at auction are under a thousand dollars. Let's not forget about that. I mean, these auction houses have thousands of items up for auction all the time at all different values. So uh, no matter what you may have, uh, it doesn't have to be a $100,000 one-of-a-kind piece. It could simply be a, a $200 card. It could be a $1,000 piece of memorabilia or an autograph. Um, there's plenty of auction houses that deal in every type of item, every type of value, and offer all types of different auctions to put them in. And what's very cool uh, on Ryan's site, auctionreport.com, they have a, a, a section called uh, results and it just, just runs down all the, the, the recent auctions and their, their results. And it's really fun to just go look and see how much Sandy Koufax glove went for, or how much Will Chamberlain's 1972 uh, finals Jersey went for. It's, you know, it, Drew and I talk about it every week. It's like, if I had an extra hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> I'd be bidding on this stuff too. And, it, you know, it, we, we all can't play in that game, so to speak, but uh, as you, as you said, there's auctions out there, you know, at, you can go on eBay and get a card for a dollar or $2, or you can go, you know, you can get a hundred dollar card or $200 card. And, and uh, you know, if you want to uh, enhance your collection, improve your collection, the, you know, and you want to talk to the auction companies and maybe you have a, a rookie uh, Wayne Gretzky that you want to move because you're looking to, you re, you'd really like to get a Jackie Robinson card or a, a Willie Mays rookie rookie guard or whatever so there's there's a space i think for every type of collector in the auction world would you agree ryan i would and i think another you know kind of lost point some of the, the auction business uh, doesn't get a, uh, people don't look at it closely enough is the educational value of what the auction house is actually providing you and the fact that these prices realize the catalogs that you get they're history books it's like a free college course that you can literally learn 
about anything that you're collecting, right? You can go, like we were just talking about original photographs. Go back to some of these auction houses that have sold original photographs and you can look at how they've been authenticated. You can read the descriptions about what makes them unique, whether it's game-worn jerseys, for example. Again, you could go back to the prices realized and you can start doing your research on game-worn jerseys and you can look at the tagging. You can look at the styles. You can look at the companies that have done the authentication. Yeah, and the photo matching. and Yeah, the photo matching. I mean, this is like, it's free history books for you. You can literally get a college course, almost in anything that's in our industry as a whole by looking through prices realized, past auction catalogs. Um, that's something I think a lot of people still don't take great advantage of. It's a little bit time consuming. But again, if you want to get into something uh, as a collector, or even again, if you have material that you're not even sure what it is, you can go to these prices realize and really get a nice education, learn a little bit, have some background knowledge um, before you even talk to anybody else. Um, and I think it's it's something that, again, as a technology improves, I think that's one area that's helped our industry as a whole is because of technology, you now have these resources uh, accessible to everybody. And I think that's uh, that, that's kind of going back to something we talked about a little bit earlier. But that I would say that's one of the biggest amazing things that technology has provided us is the ability to have this information at our yep. fingertips. Very important. Guys, in sharing information and information at your fingertips, and that's what Auction Report is all about. Make sure you check it out, auctionreport.com. Please follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. They are the, the, their content is fabulous. Uh, if it happens in the auction world, it's gonna you're gonna it's gonna be on Ryan's site. Ryan Friedman, if you want to send a e a question, if you have a question, anything about auctions, send him an email at info at auctionreport.com. And guys, make sure you sign up for the free newsletter. It comes out a couple times a week. I love getting it. I've been getting it for I don't know five or six years now, and I really look forward to it. So Ryan, I I you know we spent we went a little over today, but I want to thank you for your time. Uh, we hadn't had you on in a while, and it was great to catch up and and uh, talk a little now national and auction and and i just love your site and what you guys do and, and, and please uh you know don't be such a stranger okay i'll be on anytime you want man thank you very much and i hope everyone does enjoy our website auctionreport.com thank you all right thank you i will uh we'll talk to you later buying and selling sports cards has never been easier thanks to the free collects app with over a million collectors using the app you can find just about anything buy and add to your pc earn money selling cards trade up to get your grail card easily check out with a credit card generate shipping labels and tracking and redeem credits put towards deals download collects that's collects c-o-l-l-x for free on the app store or google play today well, Drew, I really love to talk to these guys that are invested in our hobby, you know, like guys like Ryan and, and, and Ryan at um, Jem Rate and Rich, Mule, Rich Miller at, at SportsCollectorsDaily.com uh, and Jeff Owens. And these guys, that's what they do every day, right? All day, all day every day. And it's great to get their input on on something that you and I we just can't be specialists in everything, right? But we know right. we know we, we kind of we know we know the TTM world. I'm gonna I, I think we're right up there in the TTM world. But uh, you know these guys come in and they they add their their expertise to uh, a section of our hobby that I'm truly interested in. But there's just not enough time in the world to to be an expert on all this stuff, right? Yeah, it's all about networking. You know, if you don't know it, find somebody who does and uh, go to them, bring them in for stuff. I mean, that's why we've got, you know, less around. That's why we've got uh, Clemente around. They can get to those st those pieces that we really don't know a whole lot about and find the experts, you know, bring them in. Yeah, like that's what, and that's what we do. Well, guys, Saturday, Saturday show, we're going to have Les Wolf. Les is going to be doing uh, appraisals. So I've got four items that he's going to appraise. We're actually going to do the appraisal uh, at 
later this morning, and we will play that on Saturday. So Les Wolf doing appraisals, and we'll also talk to Les about um, the East Coast National that he just got back from that he went he went to. Uh, we also spoke with Josh Rawich, who is the eighth president, eighth all-time president of the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, it amazed me that you know, we've had the Baseball Hall of Fame since the 30s. There's only been eight presidents. So That's amazing. I mean, you're dealing with 90 years across only eight people, and that's, I mean, averages out to, what, about 12 years per person, but I'm yeah. sure there have been a few that have gone super long in there. You know, Josh is a relative young guy, and uh, he, he's a real passionate collector. He, he uh, is a, a vintage card collector. We talked to Josh about collecting, about um, the Hall of Fame in general, and, and uh, you know, how where they have some of their exhibits. What, huh? Yeah, I'll give you the, I'll give you a quiz, and then uh, this is one thing that Josh and I talked about. All right. The uh, Hall of Fame has over 40,000 um, items that they can exhibit. How many do they exhibit at one time? I would say maybe 10% of that. They sent 10%, 4,000 4, items. Wow. Wow. So imagine all the stuff that they have, and it's just so cool to to think yeah. about going going into their archives and oh, oh there's there's a uh, Babe Ruth's uh, you know whatever and Lou mm -hmm. Gehrig's toothbrush and <laughs> they just have all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. So we're gonna have on Saturday we have a last little doing appraisals. Josh Rawich talking about the Hall of Fame. Drew, anything else you want to add before I let you go? No, I think we got everything pretty well covered here. And if we get more, well, we've got Saturday coming up. How's your TTM return so far this week? Crappy, not a single one. <laughs> yeah, I, think I, got, I got, I think I got one or two. Yeah, yeah, let me, yeah I haven't gotten anything in yet at all, so I'm hoping that changes. And if not, well, like I said, I'm going to games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so hopefully I'll at least have the Friday game to talk about when we record on Saturday, and then cover the other two uh, next week. Yeah, I got John Staggers. I got Lee, Lee Guterman. I got no, this one's oh, good nice. one. Jack McKeon. I got Jack. McKean. Oh yeah, that was a nice one. And um. Okay, T, how about this one? I don't bet you can't know where this guy played. Ready? All right. Yeah. He's a baseball player. T.R. Bryden. Formerly of the California Angels. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I had I remember no that because I think, he, I think he's in the 87 top set, if I remember. So they got 87 top set. Yep. Yeah. Now, I, I love guys that I know. I, I forget play, who played. So I sent I sent him off and he signed pretty pretty quickly. So uh okay guys, we're wishing everyone many happy returns. We will see you on Saturday. Be good. Uh -huh.